Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I'm your host for this podcast, Christopher Robbins, the co-founder of Familias, husband, father of nine, author, fly fisherman, backpacker, and aspirational musician based in the Central Valley of California. We hope to bring you nourishing, real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. And now, bienvenidos, and welcome to today's guest, Ashley Morales. Now, Ashley Marie Morales is the Director of Sales and Marketing at Familias Publishing, working to help families be happy through the books she writes, creates, and sells. She has authored several children's books with Familias and hopes to continue creating more. Her collaborative sales efforts have helped Familias become one of the fastest-growing independent publishers for five years in a row. She currently serves on the Independent Book Publishers Association Board of Directors, and is the co-chair of the IBPA's DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. She hopes to help create a publishing industry that is inviting, inclusive, and accessible for all through her work with the IBPA. She currently lives in Fresno, California with her partner and two rescue pups. Today, we're discussing Hispanic Heritage Month. The information shared aligns with the familiar habits, learn together and play together, you can learn more about the Familias and Habits of Happy Families by going to the Habit Hub blog on Familias.com. So welcome, Ashley. Estamos agradecidos que tú puedas hablar con nosotros este día. We're so grateful that you could join us and talk with us today. Hi. <laughs> so let, let's start. Just help us. What is Hispanic Heritage Month and why does it exist? Yeah, so Hispanic Heritage Month, it actually started as a national week observance. So it was the Hispanic Heritage Week, which was started by Lyndon B. Johnson in uh, 1968. So there was a lot of talk in Congress about making this a month-long um, celebration, like we have Black History Month or LGBTQ Month, Pride Month. And it was officially turned into a month-long celebration in 1988 under the Reagan administration. And so that's kind of the reason why it doesn't go for a full month. It goes from September 15th through October 15th, because it originally was a weekly observance that started on the 15th, which is National Independence Day through a lot of the Latin American countries. And really the goal was to celebrate the Hispanic heritage in the U.S. and all of the contributions that people from the Hispanic culture have made to our country. Um, so now it's a month long and they do uh, pick a theme every year. The Library of Congress will put together a collection every year. Um, and there's a lot of different celebrations that the national government will put together as well as other organizations. Yeah. Well, that's really so. Is it is it a month or is it now a period from September fifteenth, October fifteenth? So it's called Hispanic Heritage Month, but it's really thirty days from September fifteenth to October fifteenth. Well, that's interesting. So it's it's not necessarily October. We can celebrate it in October, but we can start in September. Yeah. Okay. Now, when I listen to the news and I, and I read, I, I hear different terms. I hear Hispanic, I hear Latino, I hear Latinx, Latin, I, I, and help us understand what is appropriate and when to use it. Yeah, so the, it's called Hispanic Heritage Month because they are really focused on celebrating 
folks from Spanish speaking heritage. So it does include Spain. It will also include Latin American, Central American, Caribbean countries. This definition of Hispanic would exclude Brazil since they are part of Latin America, but they don't speak Spanish, they speak Portuguese. Latino was a term that was coined by folks living in the U.S. Um, that wanted to include people who are of Latin American descent. So that does include Southern, Central, um, South America, the Caribbean, and it does include Brazil because they are from that region. More recently, we've seen terms like Latinx or Latin, which are the goal of these terms is to be more inclusive um, because a lot of people felt that Latino was not inclusive of folks who are non-binary. And so a lot of U.S.-based folks um, are trying to find a way to make the language more inclusive um, to folks who may not want to use Latino or Latina, and they don't want to use a gendered language that defaults to the masculine Latino. Um, so these two words have popped up a little bit more in the rec- in recent years. Latinx is used more often in English, and Latin flows better with the Spanish language because of the e at the end. So that's interesting because Spanish is is by its very nature a, a kind of a gender specific language, and so we have to understand masculine versus feminine terms and, and nouns. And so in so Latin is more predominantly used in a Hisp- in a Spanish speaking community. Yeah, so the the goal is to be is to make the language more inclusive. So in these spaces they will use an e instead of an o or an a when they want to be more inclusive. Um you'll also hear other terms like chicano or mexican american, cuban american, um like people who are in the U.S. that are trying to identify their heritage will do it in different ways. So it's really up to the individual to kind of decide who they're talking about and how they want to define them or how they want to define themselves. Okay, so you you said that, uh, I don't know if you said if it was the Library of Congress or someone else that they create a theme every year. So what is this year's theme? Yeah, so this year's theme is Unidos inclusivity for a stronger nation. And it kind of speaks to what we're already talking about. Um, A lot of folks in the Latino Hispanic space are already talking about being more inclusive in our community. Um, But the theme this year also aims to really teach, teach people how to be more inclusive with each other, not just with within the community, but also outside of it and really focused on kind of the melting pot aspect of the United States and really show where people of Hispanic descent have made important contributions to the U.S. Okay, that's really helpful. Now, for those of us that might not know or appreciate, can you give just a couple of examples of those of Hispanic descent who have contributed to our nation? Yeah, so you'll hear people talk about Cesar Chavez a lot. Most recently, the organization that he founded, the United Farm Workers Movement, did another protest here in California where they did a very long walk to get better wages and working conditions for farm workers in in California. He has done a lot to really 
change the way farm workers are treated and the rights that they have as workers, which have ex expanded into other, you know, other jobs um, and employ employment situations. We also think about Dolores Wordla. She's still doing a lot of work in the workers' movement, as well as with women and domestic violence work. She's actually featured in one of our familiar books. She spoke. And then there's also just other people who have made strides in science. We see um, most recently a young woman from Mexico won the, uh, I'm forgetting what it's called now, <laughs> but she's been allowed into Mensa as one of the smartest people in the world. And she's also the youngest. But what they're aiming to do with this theme is really focus on the people who have made a difference in our in the U.S. community and that are going to make a difference in the future that come from Hispanic backgrounds. Well, that's great. So important for us to appreciate and get to get to know all the people who have made great contributions in our world. It's such a diverse and important society. Now, how should I celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month? How do you do it? And, and what can we what can we do as someone who wants to explore that with their family? Yeah, I think the biggest thing to remember when you're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month or really any of these heritage themed months um, is to do your research, you know, find out the history behind it um, and the intention behind it and make sure that you're celebrating, not appropriating. We have coming up on Columbus Day is also Dia de la Raza for Mexican-Americans um, where they celebrate the way that Chicanos have moved and kind of assimilated into American culture. They do that by celebrating the music, the art, and by looking at folks who have made a difference, like Dolores Huerta, how we mentioned. You can celebrate by appreciating the food, learning a new recipe. With Familias, we do have a couple of Mexican-American cookbooks. Uh, most recently, Viva Desserts is coming out just in time for Dia de la Raza, so that would be a great one. You can also appreciate music. So there's tons of playlists that were created this year for Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, so you can listen to those. Most recently on Netflix, we've seen releases of the Selena series, uh, the Vicente Fernandez series. There's always the classics like La Bamba, <laughs> if you want to appreciate some of the music from the culture. And just really seek out, seek to learn more is the goal. If you're not somebody who is of Hispanic heritage, learn about it. Um, and if you are somebody who is a part of the Hispanic heritage, just learn about your own family or your own ancestors. One of the things that my brother and I did several years ago now was we were trying to collect our oral history written. So we started to ask stories about how our family came to America. And it's it was actually a really great project for us to do because a lot of the people that we talked to were our elders who are no longer with us now, but we were able to collect that information. So when people have questions, our younger cousins or our younger family has questions, we still have it all written down. And it's not just everyone trying to remember what somebody said a long time ago. So that's a great way if you are a Hispanic heritage to kind of celebrate and learn your own history. 
So that's wonderful. Recording our family histories and our family stories is critical for every generation. Um, just as an aside for our audience, we recommend that you consider going to familysearch.org. Um, if you put in um, ancestors who have passed away through their, their christening date or, or death date, um, you can then find your family tree. And I did this recently and found that I had family members who had come from Oaxaca. So who knew that, uh, that in, in some way I had some connection to Mexico? Wonderful. Thanks for sharing that with us. Now, what do you hope, as someone of Hispanic descent, what do you hope that we, for those of us who are not, that we better understand and appreciate about the Hispanic culture? Yeah, I think one thing, if you're not of Hispanic his descent, it's really easy to assume that somebody of Hispanic culture is going to be exactly like somebody else. So there's tons of different religions, traditions, um, even food that comes from the various parts of South Central America, the Caribbean, and all of the Hispanic countries, and they're all very different. So this is something that I wrote about in my book, Proud to be Latino. There's a lot of things that we share in common. We use a lot of similar ingredients and foods. A lot of us have similar histories because they're all conquered by Spain, but there are differences between all of the different nations and all of the different cultures that I think it's important for people to remember and not just Kind of paint everyone with the same brush. And that kind of speaks also to, you know, appreciation versus appropriation. It's really easy to say, we're going to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month by eating tacos, but that really only is celebrating Mexican food and not necessarily Hispanic food as a whole. So really learn about the different cultures and remember that, you know, somebody from Cuba is going to have a very different culture and practices than somebody who is from Mexico. <laughs> okay, that's helpful. Hey, you've brought this up twice in today's podcast, and perhaps for our audience, it'd be, it'd be helpful to understand it. Help us understand cultural celebration versus cultural misappropriation. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of complicated to really quickly <laughs> explain in a podcast, but Appreciation really goes into knowing what you're truly celebrating. Um, so doing the research, learning about the culture and appreciating it because you know the nuances behind it. Appropriation happens when you're really characterizing a culture or using things that are sacred to the culture as an aesthetic rather than actually appreciating it for what it is. There's we also have uh, Dia de los Muertos coming up, and that's one where people have been talking a lot about the appropriation of the sugar skulls and face painting during that time, um, because it is a part of the sacred tradition, painting your face and becoming these different characters for the holiday because of movies like Coco or the uh, Book of Life. People want to become the character, but they don't understand why that face paint or the sugar skull itself is significant. And it turns into more of a costume than a sacred act, which it is for people within the culture. Okay, that's very helpful. Thank you for sharing that. 
Well, you're a book lover and you've written a number of books and you've, you've brought up one. But as we close today, are there any familiar titles that you'd recommend to help us celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month? Yeah, so we actually have quite a few. I did mention she spoke, if you want to hear uh, Dolores Orthas Dolores speeches, that book does have her speaking while she was part of the United Farm Workers Movement. Um, I wrote the book, Proud to be Latino, Food and Comida, which is also now on Netflix through books. So you can watch it on TV or you can pick up the book and read along. We also have a book that just released called My Name is Cool by Antonio Sacre. That book, I think, is also a great one because it does look at different, different types of Hispanic heritage. Um, so Antonio is actually Cuban and Irish. So it's a different look at what it means to be Hispanic in the U.S., these sort of blended cultures, which I think is important for people to also think about. Um, and then, like I said, we do have cookbooks. So if you're planning to celebrate by eating Hispanic foods, um, we have Viva Desserts. We have Aguas Frescas and Boletas, which is really delicious drinks and frozen treats. Um, and then we do have Buen Provecho, which is a cookbook of Mexican-American dinner recipes. And that one's really interesting because it is also a look at what the author Erica Sanchez brought from Mexico to the U.S. and how she kind of modernized them and made them her own here in L.A. So another look at, you know, Hispanic culture in the U.S. and how it kind of differs from the traditions in Mexico while keeping some of that with you. So that's great. Some wonderful recommendations there. Thank you for sharing that. Well, it's always good to talk with you. Where can our guests find you online? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Ashley Writes Books. I post about any local events that I'm doing and upcoming books that I'm working on. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn at Ashley Marie Morales. So you can find me there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Well, as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Finlayas for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review. And when you're ready for that next amazing book adventure, we'd be honored if you chose a book from Familius. One step at a time, we can make the world a happier place. Bye.